When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heads up, Epic Investors. The Epic Intensive, the Lead Machine Workshop. It is officially on the calendar. This is where you're going to get the secrets to building your lead machine and your passive income streams. That's all happening on January 24th through the 26th in Vegas. And at this invite-only workshop, you're going to be able to get your own custom lead machine to work around the clock in your market. You can get help in real time. You're going to get feedback from others. And you're even going to get that damn lead machine finished. Heck, you may even make some new like-minded friends. And a like-minded network is priceless. In fact, here's just a sample of what you can expect at this invite-only workshop. It's going to give you the building blocks to build a lead machine that's comfortable and efficient for you to use, one that you will use consistently because you like it and you're comfortable with it. And the workshop's going to give you the kick in the butt you need to start generating consistent, motivated seller leads. And there's even a built-in deadline for getting your lead machine up and running. So you're going to end up saving a ton of time and money working by trial and error. You won't have to make all those mistakes. I did it already, so you don't have to. And you can finally stop worrying about how to create consistent quality leads, especially if you're new, and much, much more. Go to epicintensive.com. You can reserve your seat there. You can get all the details. In fact, I'm so confident this will be the event that takes you and your real estate investing to the next level. It's what's going to put you over the top. I'm not going to ask you to pay until after the event. That's right. No risk to you. I'm going to carry that entire burden for you. So what that means, this is how it works. If you don't feel the Lead Machine Workshop was worth at least 10 times the price of admission, just let me know and you will not be billed. It'll be that easy. That's how we roll around here. I mean, how could you lose with that? 10 times ROI is guaranteed. So don't miss this invite-only live workshop where you'll finally get your Lead Machine finished and start using it to flip contracts for cash and holding those properties for cash flow. Go to epicintensive.com and I'll see you in Las Vegas. This is Terrio Media. Don't wait for appreciation to buy real estate. Buy for cash flow and wait. In other words, hold that house. Your hosts, Matt Andrews and Matt Terrio. Yeah. Hello, welcome. Welcome back. And if this is your first time here, welcome. Glad you found us. Uh, flipping houses, it can make you rich, and it has made a lot of people rich. But holding those houses will make you wealthy. In fact, it's made more wealthy or more people wealthy than any other industry, any other investment strategy. And that's what this show is all about. This is the Hold That House Show. I am Matt Terrio, and over there is Mr. Matt Andrews. Cuckoo, cuckoo. There he is. And before we begin, got a great show for you today, but before we begin, we've got a free gift for you. Go to holdthathouse.com and download the four-hour work month. 
inside of this one page document. It's really short, it's sweet, but don't let that uh, uh, dissuade you from its value, from interpreting its value, because it really is filled with the 10 commandments to managing property managers. And these 10 commandments are just that. They are the key ingredients to financial independence through real estate, through real estate investing. And it's, it's the stuff that, you know, people just don't tell you about. But I'm telling you, after the uh, hundreds and hundreds of properties that Matt over there and I myself have operated and managed and cash flowed, after all the mistakes that we've made, after all the mistakes that we've seen other people make, you know, we really narrowed it down to if you follow these 10 commandments, you can minimize your risk to a, a place where I darn near say uh, no risk. Absolutely. Darn the, the shortest the shortest uh, distance between two points is a straight line, right? That's right. That's what this does for you. You know, we, we did not arrive at these 10 commandments by going in a straight line. No. You and I, right? We, we definitely did the squiggly line. We did the squiggly line, but <laughs> you guys don't have to do that. That's the point. Right. You know? And so take advantage of our mistakes mm -hmm. you know don't make the same ones we did right. um, just you know just one or two of these that we implement now have saved us oh yeah have, well, ma have made us or saved us yeah. thousands tens of thousands there's one in thousands. particular there that is, <laughs> it's a hundred thousand dollar lesson to me six figure lesson and it's yours for free <laughs> You don't have to pay a damn thing for it. Damn thing. Listen to me. Listen to me talking all foul. You ain't got to pay a damn thing. <laughs> Go to holdthathouse.com and get the four-hour work month. It's yours for free. Holdthathouse.com. All righty. Today we're talking about a, a subject that's uh, on everybody's mind when they first get into real estate, and that's money. Like, where am I going to get the money to actually buy an income property or to acquire an income property or whatever that may be? How am I going to start building my cash flow and how am I going to continue to do it long into the future? So Absolutely. we're going to go over various funding sources for your income properties. Yeah, man, let's let's break it down. Let's talk about the different types of funding that are available for, you know, all different investors and people that buy properties, right? Mm -hmm. Not every one of these are going to be right for you, but let's, let's kind of make a list of all the different types of funding that you and I have taken taken advantage of at different points in our career, mm -hmm. uh, different markets and different deals. Um, you know, the funding has to fit the deal. It right. has to fit the strategy. So we're just going to break them down for you right now and just kind of define and give you examples of the types of funding that we're talking about and what's out there right now. So the first one is just, you know, your basic conventional funding, mm -hmm. right? It's conventional funding, not really investor funding. You know, it's it's the kind of funding where, you know, first-time homebuyers use conventional funding. Right. A Bank of America loan, a Wachovia Bank, you know, standard 15 or 30-year amortized loan, right? Mm -hmm. um, now those, for the most part, in this day and age, are not for investors. Really, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could use some conventional financing, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of stipulations after the crash have sure. changed conventional lending, you know, have really made it more of just a consumer, non-investor type lending. But, you know, in 2000, 2001, 2002, I started my business on conventional lending. Right. You know, right. you could have, I forget how many loans it was at the time in your personal name. And, and uh, man, I took advantage of that back then. Mm -hmm. You know, the they were giving out loans to everybody. Right. There was an know? unlimited source. Uh, <laughs> there was no no shortage of people willing to give you money. There wasn't. Right. You know, we used to joke around if you could fog up a mirror. That's right. You know, like wait, is there a heartbeat? He gets a loan. Yes. Let's get him four hundred thousand dollars right now, you know? <laughs> and so and uh, and and in Florida especially. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what it was like, you know, here at the time. Yeah, California is very much the same. I mean I felt like everyone and their grandma owned eight properties. Right. You know, because they were just able to get funding effortlessly and a lot of that was adjustable rate mortgages and all kinds of things. And I don't buy into this mm -hmm. whole predatory lending thing or, you know, I don't, I, look, everybody, 
is responsible for what they do. Right. And no one put a gun to your head yeah. to sign that document. Yeah, predatory, just the term predatory lending. It's like, you know, I think about like, you know, like there's like a lion looking for you. Yeah, he's a predator and you're just this helpless gazelle or something. Uh-huh. Guys, no one put a gun to anybody's head yeah. and made anybody sign anything. Now, you know, were some people maybe coerced or, you know, misled? Sure. And that's mm-hmm. always going to happen in all business. That's happening today. That's happening today. <laughs> and it will keep happening. Yes. You know, people will mislead people. Um, but let's not get into this thing of, oh, well, you know, it was terrible what happened to these poor, helpless people. Now, uh, most people signed their loan docs and they knew what they were doing and they knew what the stipulations were. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of that also caused the, uh, you know, the the crazy upside down nature of real estate for a few years, which really kind of made it good for investors like you and I, Matt, right? right? Because we were picking up properties super cheap because of all these defaults. Mm -hmm. Um, But conventional lending was viable back then for investors, not as much now because banks on the whole, and correct me if I'm wrong, banks really don't want to lend conventionally to investors right now. We have one person at Cashflow Savvy. We have one preferred lender that we go to, just one. Yeah. Like we just haven't found anyone that was as accessible and as is as investor friendly. So you'd love to have four or five. Yeah, I would love to, <laughs> but we have one, and you know, knock on wood, so far it's been enough. And you know, we, we still can do portfolio loans and blanket loans, and they come down, I think, to a sixty thousand uh, dollar limit, where most lenders won't even look at you under eighty or a hundred. Sure. Um, multiple loans more than ten. I don't know how they do it, but they've done it for our clients. And but that's one. So conventional lending is. It's, t- it's a tougher game than it's these, tough. these days. And it's not scalable. And I think that's really, right. you know, the, the main point here. If, if the point is to amass uh, a great portfolio of buy and hold properties that, mm-hmm. that produce great cash flow, um, this is probably not the lending method for you, mm-hmm. right? It's This is not highly scalable. Even back when I started my business, I think, you know, eight loans or something like that was the limit, uh, at least the way I was doing it. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Maybe it was 10 at one point. Um but still not really scalable. And today it's, you know, even less so. Right. Um, but you mentioned portfolio loans. Talk a little bit about mm-hmm. what that means, because I think I think people have heard that terminology, but a lot of people probably don't understand, you know, how a portfolio loan works. And that's something you, you've you used a lot in your business and also helped sure. a lot of other people with. Sure. Um, portfolio loan or blanket loan, they, they kind of kind of exchange interchangeable. Uh, what it is is, you know, when you go acquire a property, you get a loan on that one property. And when you say build up your portfolio to 10 properties or 20 properties, 30 or over 100, like my buddy Matt over here. Um, oh, what is your number? 40? Uh, it's yeah, over 50. Over I'm, 50. I, 100 is the number I'm going to get to within got the next it, thing. I gave you my time frame for that, so I'm heading there. But yeah, I, want, just, I want to be careful. I just didn't over 50. embellish too much, but right. I knew you had a lot. Yeah. Um, so if Matt wanted to, he could take and consolidate those loans that he has on the individual properties and consolidate them all into one loan and get a, a loan on the entire portfolio. And why would I do that? Um, typically, uh, one payment. <laughs> yeah. So just ease of payment right. is one. You yep. can pull out a, a larger chunk of equity out of all the properties and use that cash to purchase more properties. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know. Am I missing something? Well, why would I pull that money out? What am I going to do with it? To want to buy more property. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Utilize your leverage. And and some people like, you know, depending on your, your, your tolerance or how you were raised, you might think debt is good. You might think debt is bad. Um, one thing great about this market right now is you can go into a property and, and many mar- or get a property in many markets utilizing no debt and still get a double digit return. And for a lot of people, that's a good, comfortable place to be. Absolutely. I got no debt and I'm still getting 10, 12% cash Simple, on cash return. Easy. Nice and easy. Sure. Um, 
but uh, you know, to really progress and move forward, you want to you want to utilize as much debt as possible. Absolutely, responsibly, so, of course. Yeah, and so the you know the large scale real estate investors, people that are operating at a high level, they are leveraging their current portfolio to grow the portfolio. Right, and there's a way to do that, and there's you know. Uh, you know, different schools of thought on the best way to do that. But the idea is, is that, you know, the, the best investors learn how to be almost technicians of that process, yep. you know, how to study the market at the time, how to study the options available to them at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by getting loans on multiple properties at once, you do open yourself up to a lot of uh, additional options that you mm-hmm. wouldn't have if you were looking at one property and looking at a kind of a conventional type you know, scenario with a bank. Right. So, uh, so portfolio loans, especially for a lot of you that are listening, I know that we have a lot of veteran real estate investors. Uh, I know a lot of you have some, you know, a lot of properties, a lot of units, you know. So uh, if you aren't taking a look at the options, if you're not taking a look at the options for portfolio loans, you need to because you might be, you know, just losing an opportunity to drastically increase your holdings right. um, with smart debt, mm-hmm. you know, with smart leverage, like you said. Right. So. Um, so yeah, portfolio loans. Then there's hard money. Let's talk about that for a minute. Hard mm-hmm. money. Uh, it's an interesting way that they call it, you know, because it is kind of hard sometimes, right? Yeah. Well, hard money, or in some in some cases, transactional funding is what mm-hmm. we would call it sometimes, right? Um, those are generally loans, not so much for buy and hold investors, um, unless it's on the acquisition side and you just need some transactional funding to make it. Uh, to make the transaction go through so that you can then refi later or something right, like that. Right. But hard money loans are typical, uh, typically short-term loans, mm-hmm. typically very high interest, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times pretty high points, pretty high penalties, uh, sometimes even penalties for, you know, paying it off too soon. And that's usually, you know, it can be from a lot of different sources, but a lot of times it's through, you know, some, uh, like a private source that's mm-hmm. offering that funding, right? Right. So, you know, Matt, you work with a lot of investors all over America. You know, what are some of the types of transactions that they use transactional or hard money for? Um, even sure. in buy and hold real estate, what, what's a scenario that you well, would Well, there's, there's three. Um, one would be the transactional funding specifically would be uh, if they're having a challenge with their title company doing a concurrent close or a double escrow. Um, I know there's a, there's a lot more resistance happening with regard to assignments. So a lot of companies are, depending on the source of what you're purchasing the property from, you may be required to close on that property first before you can resell it. And that's where one of these shorter term loans would come into play. That's one place. Second is maybe this property is going to be a fix and flip for you and you plan to take a couple months in fixing it and you're going to unload it afterwards. So maybe that short term money might work. You just do. It's just a math equation. Yes, it's expensive, but do the math equation. If you bought the property low enough and you can still pay the fees on the money and still acquire the and, and still flip the property for a profit. Sure. That's the second. The third way, which is probably the way we use it most frequently, is being a being a position to seize a deal. You know, sometimes the deals will come across or come along and you're not in a position to seize that opportunity at that very moment, depending on, on what the rest of your money is doing at that time. And so, you know, go ahead and acquire that property and then, you know, go ahead and let it sit for six months, eight months, because after a property, you've owned the property for six to eight months. After you've proven that it's performance, it's much easier to get that conventional financing sure. and go into that longer term, lower interest rate loan. So it's, it's, it's a tool. You know, it, it's really, it's a tool that allows you to execute your strategy. And, and, and to acquire properties you otherwise may not have the opportunity correct. to if you can't, if you don't have that cash right then. Thanks for sitting tight while we pay our light bill. We'll be back right after this. 
If waiting for your investments to grow feels like waiting for paint to dry, there's a powerful secret your financial planner doesn't want you to know. You can accelerate your investment's growth by two, three, or even four times. That's bad news for Wall Street, but great news for you. We're Turnkey Allies, and we'd like to offer you free information that will show you how to take control of your investments and double, triple, or even quadruple their returns. And it's yours for free. For the secret your financial planner doesn't want you to know, go to turnkeyallies.com. That's turnkeyallies.com. So, I mean, a good example of that would be uh, like we talked about in one of the previous episodes of, you know, buying properties at auctions. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you you have very little due diligence time, but if you know your number, you can bid on it. If you get it, you know, uh, in a lot of the auctions I, that I've worked at, you got to put down eight or 10 percent that day. That day. And then, you know, many times within 48 or 72 hours, you've got to come with the entire amount. Right. Okay. If that's not sitting in your bank account ready to go right now um, and you're going to lock down that property, then hard money would be an option. Right. For that, right, and maybe maybe you just need a stopgap to be able to then get that money together, and you pay off that hard money loan, mm-hmm. or maybe you wait six eight months, um, and then let some options open up, let it season just a little bit, and have some other you know conventional type sources that could refi you out of it or something. Uh, but the bottom line is, you're able to acquire that property when you wouldn't have been able to before. Right. So for hard money, your numbers have to be right on. You know, you, like Matt said, you've got to have, you got to know exactly what the numbers are. And hard money can eat you alive if you're not looking at it realistically. And I use hard money early in my career, and it does put you under the gun a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to use it for a lot of my rehabs that I did, you know, and and uh, we're working with, you know, our own funds now. And, and so that's, you know, we've opened that up a little bit. But I try not to lose that sense of urgency when I am flipping a house. Right. You know, we got to move quick. But hard money... Or paying fifteen percent, or eighteen percent, or something like that. Right. That'll that'll keep that fire lit underneath you <laughs> to <laughs> keep that, to keep that property deal moving. For so sure. so that that could be an option for some of you uh, on the acquisition side, you know. But make sure you know what you're doing with hard money. That is not for beginners, and certainly not for novices, and not for you know not for kind of laid back investors that take their time to do things right. because that's right. money out of your pocket. For sure. So that's hard money, and that's yeah. why they call it hard because it's hard sometimes. Yeah, it's hard on your <laughs> your wallet. <laughs> they should call it harsh money. It's harsh, harsh money. sometimes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's relentless, so, unforgiving, for sure. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so another source would be, and this is one especially lately that I know you and I have liked a lot, and that's private lenders, or mm-hmm. you know, we could call them money partners. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, what's a private lender? Well, it's just like what it sounds like. It's somebody who privately will lend you money. Uh, for an agreed upon amount or split or percentage um, to let you go into a deal, right. you know. So a money partner could be somebody who you know funds the entire deal for you, and then you own it together as a rental, and there's an agreed upon split of the profits there. So you're you know rehabbing the property, you're renting it out, you're taking care of it. Well, your money partner is providing the money, so you come to an agreement there of some mm-hmm. sort, and that could happen. I mean. That could be set up a million different ways. You know, you could have a, a straight equity split. You could have, you know, a service fee that you pay to borrow that money, just a, a fixed rate of return. Uh, a lot of different ways you could do that, and certainly a lot of different ways you could offer that to people. Mm-hmm. The way I like to do it and the way I approach it is, you know, there's a whole world of people out there that have money that right. are making one percent in a mutual fund, right? Or uh, you know, in a CD, or you know, uh, on on you know, if they're really good at stocks, they're making four percent or something like right. that, you know. And you rock know, rock stars make four percent. Rock stars <laughs> make four percent, right? Yeah. And I offer my private money partners, you know, seven eight percent money a lot of times right. for the right kind of deals, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, your ability to market, reach out, and network and find people um, 
to be a hard money or a, to be a private lender for you, um, you know, it's really only limited by your ability to go out there and explain it and find people, you mm-hmm. know, and, and really the way I offer it is I'm offering an opportunity that they wouldn't normally have. So it's not like you're going out saying, will you lend me money? I want to, I, I want to buy this house, you know, and I need, I need to borrow your money to do it. Or I want you to come in as a partner. Mm-hmm. It's more like, Hey, I've got a fantastic deal. Right. Um, I know you're investing in some other things. I'm sure you're not getting this rate of return for doing absolutely nothing. I'd like to offer you this opportunity. Right. You know, and isn't that a stronger position than, can, oh, I, can I please borrow some money? You know, that, especially with newer investors, they come in and and they think that they can't invest because they don't have the money. And so they go out and look for the money before they start the investing. And with every single funding resource and funding source that we've talked about today, you have to find the deal first before the conventional lender to have a conversation with you, before you ever, obviously you have to have the deal before you could ever do a portfolio loan. You have to have the deal first before the hard money lender is gonna give you the money. Um, and with the private funding, just like you talked about, it's uh, it, it's so much easier. So don't be so concerned with finding the money and then find, and if you find the money, then you can find the deals. It's, it's infinitely easier to find the uh, deal first and the money will find you. Absolutely. You know, if you truly have a deal, if it is a deal, and that's where another, a lot of people get confused, is like, I found a deal and no one's gonna give me the money. Well, <laughs> maybe you don't have a deal. That ain't a deal. That ain't a deal, yeah. right? Because there's no shortage of money for deals. Absolutely. Right? So that's that's a great point. Find the, the deal first and the money is, is so much easier. Absolutely, and you're only limited by your ability to reach out and explain the opportunity to people. Right. You know, right. so uh, really right. cool, you know, really cool option. And I work with a lot of different private lenders and money partners um, on different deals in different ways. So uh, it just, you know, um, again, you know, your creativity and, and connecting with those people is the only thing that will limit you there. Right. Um, existing financing. Let's talk about that one. Yeah. If uh, you paid attention to last episode where we talked about finding deeply discounted properties, uh, we had those three realms and we're specifically talking of the third realm where you're dealing directly with property owners, private property owners. And when you find distressed property owners, you find distressed properties, uh, a lot of those situations, there'll already be a loan in place on that property. And there's something called a subject to transaction where you take over the property subject to the existing financing. Mm-hmm. And this this could be old, this is kind of old school too, right? It is very old yeah. school. It is very old school. And uh, you know, the, the, this method right here is probably responsible for at least 25% of my portfolio is accessing it this way. And that's a, it's creating a structure of where you you take ownership and title to the property, but the financing, the actual loan stays in the owner's name. And uh, it's it's very, um, it's the perfect uh, solution for the right situation. It's not not a one size fits all situation. It's not something that you're gonna be able to implement in every single deal that you come across. Um, But when, when speed is of the essence or ultra motivation is there you know this is something that is just so so perfect <laughs> yeah. and, and it really does help you knowing how to do this will help both both parties involved the owner yeah. excuse me the seller and the buyer piggybacking on on financing that's already there yeah yeah, yeah. really really for sure uh, awesome strategy for which sure. leads us into the next one is accessing or asking the actual owner of the property to provide financing right and that can be whether there's existing financing there and they can add a second or a third uh, level of financing, a second mortgage. That's one way. Or if they own it outright, 
they can provide the whole enchilada financing sure. in varying degrees of that. And a lot of people think like, yeah, but who owns their own property? Actually, over 30% of all properties in the United States do not, are not encumbered, do not have a mortgage on them. Yeah. So yes, they are out there. And I, I buy them at least, I've come across one or two at least a month, yeah. and at least one of those will take a, a seller financed option. And there's all kinds of options there with people that own free and clear real estate to mm-hmm. do different scenarios within seller financing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked in one of the last episodes about you know direct mail and about using uh, bandit signs to attract distressed sellers, mm-hmm. right? Well, some of those distressed sellers, guys, will be people that own free and clear properties or people that own properties with loans but still have quite a bit of equity in them. Um, that gives you some room to really negotiate. You know, some people, you ask them what they want. Hey, I need cash for my house. I need it in three days. Okay, well, that's one type of situation. But as you talk to people and as you are asking and figuring out, because seller, you know, motivated sellers and dealing with them is all about finding out what they want, right? Finding out what they need, right? Mm-hmm. And then you providing that to them. So, I mean, it could be, you know, hey, they say they want 50 grand cash for their house. And uh, you say, well, you know, what is it that you really need what are you trying to do well i've got to have at least you know two thousand dollars a month to live and i gotta have this i gotta have this well okay if i could give you two thousand dollars a month and then pull back a note hold back you know would you hold a note for this amount mm-hmm. you know maybe you've solved that problem for them and it yep. could and it will make them even more in the long run if they've got that time to wait so many times it's just about asking the right questions yep. of these distressed sellers and then figuring out what is it they really need do they need 50 grand cash in the bank right now or do they need a thousand dollars a month to live and mm-hmm. be willing to make fifty-five instead of fifty in a year or two or whatever right. it is, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's just really probing and figuring that out, and that's what we call creative real estate, right? You know, that's being creative, and like Matt said, on some level, all real estate investing is problem solving, right? You know, so you're finding out what do they really need, mm-hmm. and then you're solving that problem, mm-hmm. you know, and that really breaks down the ways that we have, you know, done most of our funding. Now there is another way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to mention this one yet, but the acquisition assistance program. Oh. What you yeah. and I are, what we, you and we, I are we, working we can, on? Yeah, we can talk about that. Okay, why don't you tell For us sure. about that one then? Well. Um, a, a rather easy way to, to find funding for your uh, deals, as we've talked about with private owners, is through accessing their existing financing or, ex, or asking them to carry a note and provide financing, is that we've made an arrangement through many of our turnkey allies, our turnkey uh, associates and affiliates, to provide financing for that acquisition. It's short-term financing. It, it's kind of like a, a cross between the long-term or the conventional financing and the hard money. So it's kind of a middle ground that allows you to acquire a property, to be able to cash flow it for uh, up to three years, and then look for an alternative source or a more long-term situation to, uh, to hold that property. And so that we've arranged that and we've created one website where you can access that and, a- and get access to all the biggest and best turnkey providers in the country. And that's at turnkeyallies.com. And uh, yeah, we've, the, we've, we've created another option. Haven't yes, we, we? have. We have. <laughs> we're, we're ready to go with that, by the way. And, you know, we were talking about creative financing or, or creative real estate. You can use a combination of any of these. I mean, we've named, what, six, seven, eight different options for financing. Um and you are really only limited by your own creativity. And just to give you an example, I own over 200 rental properties, a combination of single families and multifamilies, 200 units. And uh, I haven't used one dime of my own money 
to acquire any of that real estate. Awesome. And it really comes from a combination of all of these different resources that we've shared with you today. So that's that's an extreme example, um, but it is what's possible. It's not, it's not even in the realm of unprobability. It is definitely possible and it just comes with experience. It comes with a little bit of creative thought and, and you know, just kind of honing your skills of being a problem solver. Absolutely. And, and just not doing things the way everybody else does them. Right. You know, if you're willing to, you know, step outside of the box or even just, you know, stick dynamite in the box and blow it up and not even acknowledge that the box exists mm-hmm. and get out of the normal way of thinking. That's what we're that's what we're talking about when we talk about creative real estate investing. Right. So I mean, two hundred units, none of your own money. Mm-hmm. You used your creativity. You leveraged your creative thinking to make that happen. Right. Absolutely. There was no one that was just going to spell that out for you. At least not when you started doing it. Right. Now we spell it out for people and we show them how to do that. Right. For sure. But but when you started, when I started, there was no one teaching that or exactly how to do that. At least right. not the way we do it. Right. So I mean, it really is about using that creativity. And the more creative you get, the more out of the box you get. Uh, the more problem-solving and solution-oriented you become, the better these deals can be, and the less of your money you'll have into it, the more you'll be able to scale up. Right. right? Absolutely. So For that's sure. it, guys. I mean, that really breaks down, you know, the primary options right now, and each one of these could be a whole podcast on its own, especially private lending, existing financing, seller financing, and of course, what we just talked about, acquisition assistance program at, at TurnkeyAllies.com. All of those things we could expand on, but this just gives you an inventory now to let you know this is what's out there and I know a lot of you listening are thinking okay I could see I fit into this category or this category um, and that's why we're doing this mm-hmm. you know we want you guys to to know the possibilities so that you can start thinking creatively like we do and mm-hmm. you can start scaling up that business put more properties into that portfolio and cash flow amen that's it for today flipping houses it can make you rich holding them will make you wealthy we'll be back next week and until then remember Don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. Hold that house! Contrary to popular belief, a lack of funding is not the biggest barrier to starting a business. It's excuses. But don't let a lack of funding be your excuse. We are Epic Fast Funding, and we'd like to fund your business with up to $150,000 in revolving credit lines. If you've got 60 seconds and a solid credit score, you could have access to your funds in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com to fill out our 60-second application. It's fast, it's simple, up to $150,000 in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.